This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Carlos Correa launches the first pitch of the bottom of the second deep down the right field line. It's hooking, and it hits off the screen of the foul pole. A leadoff home run for Carlos Correa in the second, and the Astros lead one to nothing. Correa with his fifth home run of the year. Nine-game hitting streak, a 15-game on-base streak for Brantley. First pitch swinging, pops it to right field. That's a no-doubter to right for Brantley. A two-run shot is fifth of the year. And the Astros take a 3 to nothing lead. Boy, as soon as it left his bat, you knew it. So did Ostadio, the right fielder. Second home run of this series for Brantley. Now has... A 10-game hit streak. This ball's lifted pretty deep to left. It sends back Rosario looking up. See you later. And in the Landry's Crawford boxes. A two-run home run for Josh Reddick. And the Astros' lead is 7-1. With the oppo power for Reddick, very evident. Especially the last couple of nights. Hit one off the out-of-town scoreboard last night. And this one carried all the way into left field. What can't he do? That's chopped softly left side, charging Correa. He's got it, guns it over to first in time, and that is the ball game. The Houston Astros take the rubber game of this three-game series, defeating the Minnesota Twins by a final of 7-1. to one. The Astros improve to 2-1 and one on this seven-game homestand and move into first place by a half game over the Mariners in the American League West. As the Astros able to take two out of three, in this series and start off this homestand on a good foot and a, a big reason for the Astros win joins us now in the Astros dugout Josh Reddick player of the game uh, two hits tonight two run home run fourth straight multi-hit game safe to say Josh you're red hot right now <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good right now uh, the balls are falling down even the soft ones the hard hit ones it's all going really well right now and uh, like I said a couple days ago I'm just trying to ride this wave as long as I can because it eventually will you know fade off hopefully not too much you know peaks and valleys that's what they preach in this game so hopefully it's more of the uh, peaks and the valleys Josh it'll never fade bud <laughs> it'll never <laughs> fade right. I love that hey hey what's more difficult facing a major league pitcher or shaking hands with the wrestler after he was the first pitch. <laughs> oh, facing a major league pitcher. I've met enough wrestlers in my time to know how to act in front of them by now, so that's easy work for me. I hang out with those guys backstage when I go to events, so that's a lot easier than, than hitting 96 up there, and especially when it's moving. Dude, his biceps were bigger than your thighs. His biceps are bigger than my everything. <laughs> hey, Josh, thanks for joining us. Congrats. No problem. Thanks, guys. All right, Josh. There ready. comes a time in everyone's life when talk is cheap and it's time to show up to get back to the top and build a legacy. If we grind together, we can take it back. Our team. And our city. This is why we play. This is who we do it for. Take it back. 
For tickets, go to Astros.com slash tickets or call 1-877-9ASTROS. And greetings from Minute Maid Park, where tonight the Houston Astros continue their seven-game homestand with the first of a four-game series against the Cleveland Indians. Astros took two out of three from the Twins to begin the homestand, including a 7-1 win over Minnesota yesterday. Justin Verlander struck out eight and allowed one run over eight innings to get the win. Josh Reddick, a two-run homer, is part of a two-for-three game as the Astros have won two in a row, taking on an Indians team that ended a three-game skid yesterday with a 6-2 win over Miami, splitting that two-game series. Astros 15-9, first in the AOS, half game ahead of Seattle. The Indians are 13-10, a half game behind Minnesota for second place in the American League Central. It's time for today's pitching matchup brought to you by Houston Methodist, the official health care provider for the Houston Astros, Houston Methodist leading medicine. Well, it's a couple of former UCLA teammates going up against each other. Garrett Cole on the mound for the Astros coming off a, a rough outing his last time out Saturday in Arlington. Didn't make it past the fifth inning. Wound up giving up nine runs in that ball game. And usually pitchers of Cole's stature, when they have one like that, they are really chomping at the bit to have a really good one the next time out. Yeah, they're going to pay a, a close attention to detail when they're doing their side work in between the sessions and see if there's anything that they needed to clean up. And luckily, uh, that the Astros have some cameras, they have some things, some tools that they can use to make sure that everything's in the in the right form to be able to be successful. He just missed location with a lot of pitches more than anything in that game against the Rangers. So I, I would imagine that Garrett Cole comes back and pitches a great game tonight. Meanwhile, Trevor Bauer on the mound for the Cleveland Indians, and Bauer has had the Astros number 7-0 in eight regular season starts, but it was a different story in the postseason last year, division series, Bauer coming out of the bullpen all three games, and the Astros had a little bit of success against him. Yeah, maybe he was rushed back, though. He was coming off of that broken fibula, and, and you know, you're a starting pitcher throughout your career, and coming out of the bullpen is foreign in that sense, too, but credit him, man. He wanted the baseball, mm -hmm. and it didn't matter how much rest or how little rest he had at that point, he wanted to go out there and compete and help his team win ball games, and that's typically the type of effort you're always going to get from Trevor Bauer. He's one of the American League best pitchers. There's no doubt about it. Keys to the game brought to you by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals in all models. Official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Well, the Astros and Indians saw each other in the division series last year. Astros swept that three-game series. Very good Cleveland Indians club last year that won the AL Central. They've gone through some changes since, however, and on their opening day lineup this year, they only had one player in the opening day lineup who played in that division series last Year, but a lot of that was because guys like Francisco Lindor, Jason Kipnis weren't healthy to begin the year. Yeah, and Michael Brantley's in the other dugout. Yep. You know, and that's a big part of their offense as well. Hey, look, the Cleveland Indians are built on starting pitching, and we've known that for a long time. A couple years ago and, and years back before that, they had a great bullpen to go with it, but it never has really been about their offense. Now, they've got some stars, Jose Ramirez, Francisco Lindor. They haven't lived up to their billing so far early in the season, but you got to keep in mind, Teams like Cleveland play in such bad weather early in the season. Yeah. There's a lot of players go through cold spells. Without a doubt. Coming up next, we'll have the manager's show presented by Waste Management. And a little later, we'll hear from former Cleveland Indian Michael Brantley facing his old team for the first time. But now this from your local station. Baseball season is back. And if you're at Minute Maid Park, head on over to the new Love Street Bar behind Home Plate for a wide selection of Carbach beers, including Love Street Blonde, Hopadillo IPA, and the Astros' very own Crawford Bach. Or visit us sometime at the brewery where we're open seven days a week. Learn more at carbachbrewing.com or find us on social media at Carbach Brewing. Well, hanging with A.J. before a, a big four-game set with the Cleveland Indians. Always fun, A.J., to, uh, when the Indians come in town because these two teams 
two of the best teams in the American League. Always good matchups, aren't they? Yeah, we and we always seem to see them in October. You know, at least the last couple of years, and 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 it's nice to play good teams. They have good players. The you know you know Tito's gonna gonna maximize his roster over there, um, and and they're a challenge. I mean, you've you, no matter what they do with their bullpen, no matter what they do with their with their. Um, their position players, the staple of their team is their rotation, and we're going to see their big boys this series. And you're going to see Trevor Bauer tonight. One of the stories, one of the two biggest stories is the Bauer-Cole matchup, uh, college teammates, all that stuff, and maybe a little animosity. I, I, who knows? But two really great pitchers, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And I, I don't know if it's the Bauer-Cole matchup or the Bauer-Bregman matchup that I'm looking forward to the most. I mean, I – Explain that. Well, they, they're just so competitive. You know, yeah. Bauer and Bregman work out uh, in similar place. I mean, same place in, in the winter. Yeah. Uh, so there's some banter that goes on. They're both pretty social media savvy, right. so they, their their banter is real out there. But uh, Bauer Cole, we saw it last year a little bit. There's been some some um, under the radar tension between the two of them. I think it's more competitive tension than anything. But um, it's interesting to see it to see it line up like that again. Whenever I see Trevor Bauer, I would imagine for a scouting report, there's not really one way you can do it because he you just never know what he's going to try to do when he goes out there. He may make up a pitch and, and try to dominate with that one. Yeah, and he does. I mean, he's very proud of this changeup that he's developed over the winter. He's got a sweepy slider. He learned from Kluber. Um, he's always had the good hopping high fastball. He's got a good curveball. Like there's, he can he can exploit whatever weakness that he wants to. He's pretty pretty uh, pretty good endurance. I mean, he's 120 pitches last year, so he's a throw or last week he's a throwback to. Mm -hmm. To starting pitchers staying in there maybe a couple innings longer than than normal, but um, he's going to be creative and and he's going to be competitive. I mean, he will not throw a pitch with without having a purpose for it. So it um, it's a it's a, it's a good good matchup for our hitters to have to do something to to do some damage against them. The other storyline in in this game in particular is that Michael Brantley is going to be playing against his former team, his former coaching staff, all that stuff. He's kind of a flatliner. You know him a little differently behind the scenes, being pretty funny and affable. But uh, what do you think uh, it, this will mean to Michael? I think it'll be special for him just because it, it's the first time. I mean, first time you do anything that that brings back memories. It simply means he sees Tito for the first time. He's gonna gonna you know he's had I'm sure he had a ton of banter with Bauer and with with Carrasco and and Kluber and and you know he hit behind Frankie Lindor for for a number of years. Yeah. So that um, that that the stuff behind the scenes is is. Some, sometimes overblown. In these instances, it's not because he was a core player on really good playoff teams. Um, he's got a long history with the, with their core players over there, and um, it'll mean something to him. And, and I want, you know, he's really good at staying balanced on the field. You guys see him as a flatliner. You see him as a non-emotional guy. Um, we get the, the fun side of him behind the scenes, and the, we'll poke some fun at him when he spends a little bit too much time with the Indians, hugging him out and, and, and being boys with him. But when, we, when the game hits... I have zero concern that he's going to be able to flip the switch and, and compete. When you guys would have scouting reports against the, the Indians the last few years and, and you would talk about Michael Brantley, is he any different from what you saw on the other side? No, not really. Um, you know, other than I think that we, we felt like he had a little more exploitable weakness inside, and we've seen him, you know, turn on a few pitches this season. He's got five home runs. He, he can get to it. What I, what I didn't recognize as much is, is how much he can, he can do whatever he wants. Most guys have a swing or they have a swing path or they have a – uh, an approach, and he can change his. If he wants, if they keep shifting him, he's going to hit the ball the other way. If they don't, he's going to be able to pull the ball. And that, you know, that's that's a that's a very advanced uh, hitterish, you know, type player. And um, so I think he, his his willingness to concede one or the other is a little different than than we had him the other way. But 
uh, he's been a perfect fit. I want to ask you something about batting practice. Maybe feedback off the bat if you're hitting. And you see the ball slice or if you see the ball stay true, what does that tell you? I mean, do you look at feedback for like that? A little bit. I think it's it's more, um, you know, directional than even side spin. I think the being able to control, you have to be able to control your body and control your swing when, you know, Brock Amani or Michael Collins or, or, or Cintron's throwing 65 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to be able to do that, you're not going to be able to control it when Bauer's throwing 95 tonight. So uh, balance, I like balance. I like the ball being true. Um, barrel contact, as funny as that sounds, especially at this level, like you should be able to hit the ball pretty squarely pretty much all the time in batting practice and not hit the ball off the end or hit the ball off the handle or, or be very inconsistent with your contact. So small little things. It's different for each guy. You know, some guys need to see distance to center field. That's a key for mm. like George Springer keeping the ball in the middle of the field and not getting so pull conscious. I love when Jose works the other way in batting practice, even though we watch him pull ball one after another in the, in the game. So um, it's individual, but but we pay attention during BP. All right, AJ, good luck tonight. Thanks, Sparky. We're in the top of the fourth inning, Tropicana Field. The Astros lead 3-1. to one. Michael Brantley will lead things off. He's the left fielder, fifth best batting average in the American League a year ago. And the first pitch from Snell is ripped to right field. That's a no-doubter home run. Michael Brantley. Makes it four to one in favor of the Astros on a blast to right field. Picking on the first pitch, hit it to the back of the first deck. It's a good 20, 25 rows. <laughs> oh my gosh, Michael Brantley. Welcome to Houston. Welcome back, Robert Ford, joined by Michael Brantley and Astros opening up a series against the Cleveland Indians, a team you played with for 10 years and now I want to go back a little bit to when you first came over to the Indians you were played to be named later in the CC Sabathia trade you came over after the 2008 season first of all did you have any idea you're at double a in 2008 did you have any idea that, that you might be traded or that you were going to be part of that deal I did um, we had a great team at double a with a lot of great prospects on it and they knew that the scouts that were in the stands that there was a lot of people going uh, I didn't know I was going to be the player remaining later, but because once the main train went down, I knew there's still a possibility. But I didn't know that part. But I knew that you know some guys were definitely going to get traded from the AA roster. How did you find out you had gotten traded? Actually, uh, our you know our head our head trainer was there uh, from High A mm-hmm. doing uh, uh, the Arizona Fall League, and I went out for the first practice. Second practice, I was out. He called me out the field, told me I had to go home. I was like, why? I didn't do nothing wrong. Like I thought something I did something wrong. And, you said you got traded, and we need your roster spot, so you, know, you can head over to Cleveland tomorrow. Somebody will be calling you, and that was it. What was the feeling about being traded? Because, I mean, guys get traded all the time. To be traded for someone like CC Sabathia, I mean, now he's close to 3,000 strikeouts, but even then he was one of the elite pitchers. Did that, did, was there a sense of pride there? Uh, not too much pride. I mean, I was just more shocked than anything because all I knew was one organization so far, and I knew it was a business, and it could happen. So I was just trying to – kind of figure out what I was going to do next, you know, where I was going, what this organization thought of me and saw of me and where I was going to play and just kind of get all those questions answered first and foremost. But when I got to, you know, Cleveland, they opened me with open arms and, you know, sat me down, told me what they thought and, you know, all was positive. I was appreciative of everything they'd done for me. So 2009, you get up to the big leagues for the first time with Cleveland as a, a September call up. You're having a good year at, at AAA Columbus that year. How did you find out that you were going to the big leagues? I had to imagine you had to have some sort of inkling that you might get a September call up. I had no idea. I actually yeah. was. I had an okay season in AAA. I wish I would have did better. I, mm-hmm. I pressed really hard in the beginning to try to impress and do too much, but I learned from it. 
Uh, Tori Lavello, the manager for the Diamondbacks, sat me down. That was my manager at the time. Mm -hmm. And just sat me down and told me, tomorrow you're going to the big leagues, kid. And I was just, uh, I didn't know what to do. I called my parents and told them. And, you know, the next day, uh, all I knew I was, you know, starting in opening day line or starting in the lineup September 1st. And, you know, the rest is history. How much do you remember from that first game or was it all just a blur? Uh, I remember my first big league hit. I remember, you know, the first time I got in the box hitting to a double play. It was the best double play I ever hit in my life. <laughs> and, you know, Taylor made 4 6 3, you know, but I was so excited just to be there. And, you know, after I got that out of the way, I had a base hit the center to get my first hit out of the way. And then just love competing. I love playing at this level and, you know, competing against the best in the world. So 2010, you wound up making the opening day roster and wound up getting off to a slow start, get sent down late April might have coming back, get, got sent down a couple of times that year, but haven't been back in the minor leagues other than for rehabs since then. What did you learn about yourself during that season and, and going back and forth? Yeah, that's one of the biggest things that I'll never forget is, you know, I struggled in the big leagues before. I understand when, you know, guys come up and they're not doing well. And that's why I think I take such great pride in being a veteran guy now that tries to help the young guys as much as possible because they did that for me as well in Cleveland. Uh, in 2010, I tried to do too much again. I had a good, you know, 09 September call-up. I did well. Mm -hmm. I really tried to do too much instead of staying within myself. And once I did that, you know, everything was fine after that. And obviously, my, my career took off to the right path. But uh, it was a process. It was a journey. But without good veteran leadership, uh, I don't know if I would have made it. So, uh, you know, I'll always be thankful for those guys. Who were some of the, the guys who really helped you? Uh, I can't name them all because if I miss one, I'd feel bad because that's how many <laughs> – you know, guys helped me throughout the, that course of my career and, and how appreciative I was for, for a young kid coming in with veteran guys that, that played the game the right way, that taught me the right way. Uh, I'll always be grateful. So you mentioned when you got traded over to the Indians organization at AAA, you kind of pressed at the beginning. Do you think that's a lesson you were able to take into your time coming over to the Astros this year and, and, and learn from that experience? Absolutely. And another thing is, you know, I was 23 years old at that yeah. time as well. I'm a little older now. <laughs> I had some seasons under my belt and some experience. Uh, but still, it was a definitely a different change for me and coming into a different organization where I played 10 seasons with Cleveland. And they have to get adapted. But, you know, these guys are a great group of guys in this locker room that all get along. It made it really easy. And uh, I'm just appreciative. Michael Branley, thanks for joining us. Thank you for your time. There comes a time in everyone's life. When talk is cheap and it's time to show up. To get back to the top and build a legacy. If we grind together, we can take it back. Our team. And our city. This is why we play. This is who we do it for. Take it back. For tickets, go to Astros.com slash tickets or call 1-877-9-ASTROS. Astros fans, Lauren Blackwell up in the radio booth with your radio broadcast team, Steve Sparks and Robert Ford. Guys, Astros playing very well at home this season, fueled by the offense. Robert, let's talk about one guy in particular, Josh Reddick. He's leading the AL 386 average. What have you noticed differently about Josh this season than last season? Well, one thing Josh Reddick really wanted to work on after last season, which was not up to his standards, was hitting the ball to the opposite field. And we saw it all spring training. That was something he was working on. He had a home run into the Landry's Crawford boxes going the other way in yesterday's ball game. It's starting to pay off for him, and I think that's a big reason why Reddick is swinging the bat as well as he is. All right, Sparky, four games against the Indians. Tonight's matchup, rather intriguing former college teammates in Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer. They faced off once last season, a mm -hmm. no decision for both of them. What can we expect tonight? 
Well, you're going to see some of the best stuff in, in all of baseball. In the American League, these are two of the premier strikeout pitchers uh, that we're going to see tonight against each other. And whether or not they were college teammates, it really doesn't matter. They go out there and compete against the other team, uh, and they're going to probably both do very well. They're going to get their strikeouts. The Astros have done a little bit better against Trevor Bauer the last few times that they have faced him. But last year in the playoffs, he came out of the bullpen three times uh, because he was coming back from an injury. And Garrett Cole, uh, in the in the division series last year, game two, he struck out 12 in seven innings of work against Cleveland. So expect more of the same from Garrett. All right, should be a fun four games. Astros fans, be sure to tune in pre and post game each and every Astros game. Steve Sparks, Robert Ford, Sports Talk 790 AM or AM 740. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.